chair. Staff is ready when you are. Great, thank you. Good evening and welcome to the May 19th, 2022 Active Transportation Commission meeting. This meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Brassel is absent. Commissioner Buenrostro? Here. Commissioner Carpenter? Here. Commissioner Granville? Here. Commissioner Heim? is absent. Commissioner Hawk? Here. Commissioner Smith? Is absent. Commissioner Wardwaller? Present. Vice Chair Pollins? Here. Chair Dewar Westbrook? Present. Thank you, we have quorum. Great. Uh, this meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, uh, use the raise your hand feature to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're joining us online, online tonight, uh, click raise your hand on the bottom of the screen. In the, if you're joining us by phone in the mo mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via phone to raise your hand, dial star nine, then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone numbers. You will have three minutes to speak once you're called on and we'll now proceed with today's agenda. Okay, uh, please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanon people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Patuan Wintu peoples and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who have come before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. And then, just one second. <laughs> Need to scroll. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> now we're going to proceed to the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You can now be seated. Okay, uh, Madam Clerk, 
Oh, sorry. Uh, our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised on this item. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Um, seeing none, is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? Moved. Okay, I have a motion from Vice Chair Pollins. I'll second, this is Commissioner Hout. And a second from Commissioner Hout. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll for a vote? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Brassel is absent. Commissioner Buenrostro? A. Commissioner Carpenter? Aye. Commissioner Granville? Aye. Commissioner Heim is absent. Commissioner Haupt? Aye. Commissioner Smith is absent. Vice Chair Pollins? Aye. And Chair Dewar Westbrook? Aye. Oh, I'm sorry. And Commissioner Wardwaller, my apologies. Aye, no worries. Thank you, motion passes. Great. We'll now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item three is the commission staff report. Is there a staff presentation? Terry Dewar Westbrook, there is. Jennifer Donald Lyon, City's Transportation Planning Manager, happy to be with you this evening. Can everyone hear me okay? Great, we had audio challenges today. Um, so wonderful. So I'm going to give you a brief staff update. Um, the first I'm gonna give is on the transportation priorities plan. If you remember in March, council adopted the five criteria for evaluating projects. We had anticipated doing public engagement in June. We're a little bit behind schedule. So we'll be doing public engagement uh, and releasing the draft buckets of priorities in July. Now you don't meet in July. So what we'll do is we will notice you up that um, and we'll also let you know about all the community engagement that we'll be doing. We are still forming our community engagement plan, um, but if you have any recommendations for groups or organizations that you think we should connect with, uh, please um, let me know. You can either shoot me an email or let me know this evening. We can uh, record that then. So that's it on the transportation priorities plan. Um, the next one I wanted to let you know about is we presented last month and you made a motion to support our projects on the active transportation program grant process. We are not moving forward with one of those um, applications, that's a sustainable transportation plan. Um, however, we are striving to still make that happen and are strategizing over the next couple of weeks and we'll come back to you once we have a, um, uh, a, way, a way to move forward. Uh, so that's it on that one. Um, 
I'd like to, okay, one more bike thing that's related. Uh, it's not the city of Sacramento that we are a sponsor. Uh, this weekend is Sac La Via on Del Paso Boulevard on Sunday between 11 and 3, closing down Del Paso Boulevard and opening it to drivers, but opening it up to fun. Um, and so there'll be a lot of bike fun events there. Uh, I will be there. I hope to see you all there or some of you there. I'm going to bike across the river and head up there. And then last but not least, it's not exactly ATC related, uh, but uh, I um, sit or I'm a member of the city's LGBTQ plus employee resource group. And we're going to be hosting, we're organizing a Progress Pride flag raising ceremony on June 1st at 8 a.m. at City Hall. It's a public event. I encourage the commission, uh, any commissioners that like to attend, as well as the members of the public. The mayor will be speaking, council members will be speaking. We're going to have coffee and pastries available to purchase, and we're going to raise the flag. So that's June 1st at 8 a.m., and I invite the commissioners and the public to attend. Uh, so with that, that is my staff report. I'm happy to take any questions. Thank you. Great. Uh, thank you so much, Jennifer. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. We do have one hand raised to provide public comment on this item. Our first speaker is Sue Hida. Good evening. Uh, thank you for uh, taking my my hand my uh, for my request. Uh, my comment is on the web pages for bike ped related projects. Uh, last month, we heard that several of your programs would have to be put on hold due to shortage of staff. And I'm wondering if there are similar challenges in getting web posts updated, or if not, if some of the updates could be made to the website. Uh, I'm seeing projects that I know or suspect to be complete, like the Second Avenue road closure in Oak Park, uh, the Two Rivers Trail, and the Franklin Boulevard uh, complete streets. Uh, if these are complete, you know, why not update and celebrate the um, uh, completion of the project? Under completed projects, I am seeing few, if any, for the last four years. And, Hopefully that really isn't the case. Um, again, why not update and celebrate? Um, moreover, I'm looking at projects in the pipeline and wondering where or how some of them are stuck or seem to be stuck in the eyes of an outsider, um, especially the South Sacramento Parkway Trail West and the Broadway Complete Streets. So I appreciated your slide last month showing the different stages of a project. Uh, it will help me explain to my cycling and anti-cycling pro-automobile colleagues and friends why projects take so long. However, it also triggered my wandering mind if all projects uh, listed on the website really are ongoing projects and what stages these are at. So thank you for the work you do and listening to my spiel. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no additional speakers at this time. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? And I see a hand from Vice Chair Pollins. Thank you, Chair Dewar-Westford. <clears throat> Thank you for the staff report, Jennifer. I have a question. Um, in the past, we were able to get a, a 
a single document package of, of the entire agenda and all the uh, associated um, items. Is it possible that we could resume that? Because uh, I have like, today's agenda is fairly light, so it's not that big of a deal. But last month, we I had like eight tabs open with each uh, PDF document. And, and it was just easier if, if when it used to be one document. Not, no problem. I can deal. <laughs> but uh, if possible, I would love it. Hey, sure, Collins, absolutely. Now that we, this is our first meeting without Drew, and I'm not sure of the exact nuts and bolts of everything that he did, um, but we're happy to add that to uh, our preparation for you and send you a PDF. Uh, so I know that you get an email from the clerk's office on the, the agenda, and what I can do is ensure that me or my team follow up with a PDF package of the entire thing. No problem. Thank you very much, and you know, certainly I understand the uh, workload that you're under right now. So, you know, if it takes a couple of months to work that out um, based on workload, I'm very amenable to, to uh, that. Great. See if there's any additional commissioner hands. I have a few comments, but I always love to, to hear from you all first. <laughs> so. Okay, well, hearing nothing, I guess I'll ask my questions. <laughs> um, the first, um, I was wondering, Jennifer, if it's not too much trouble, would it be possible for you to list out what you intend to share with us in your staff report um, on the agenda? Um, unless that's something that you kind of decide after you've already submitted it um, through your formal process. But um, I do think it would be helpful for community members and if, in case there's an item that you plan on updating us on that they might be interested in um, to know that information in advance. So I was wondering if that's something you might be able to do. Tara, I don't think that is. Um, okay. It's supposed to be an informal update rather than a yeah. formal update. Uh, and our processes to submit staff report reports require us to submit them three weeks in advance. Um, and so we don't always know what we're going to be giving you a brief update on three weeks in advance. Um, but I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, and as anything that is substantive, we will agendize okay. um, so that the public can know. Okay, perfect. And yes, that's a good reminder that you do yeah, plan ahead for those larger items where you expect people to come. Um, I think I heard in your update around um, ATP applications that you were not gonna move forward with the sustainable transportation plan. Um, could you share with us a little bit more ab about how that decision was made? Or if, yeah, a little bit about the, that decision, that'd be great. Absolutely, Chair. So uh, it is our understanding that planning documents are not very competitive in this grant program. Um, and we invest a lot into doing grant applications. They're, the ATP program, its applications are extensive and they generally cost anywhere between 30 and $45,000 to produce. Um, so given the, the low likelihood um, of us being successful in this and the cost to develop it, we decided to look to see if there are other funding sources or local dollars that we can use. So we still intend uh, I'm moving forward with that effort, just not with the active transportation grant program. Great, great. Thank you for that. Glad to hear that the city is still going to pursue this plan. I think you heard from a lot of us yes. on that last month's meeting that 
we felt really strongly about this. So glad to hear it's, it's, it's still something you all are thinking about. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to do was uplift some public comments that we received um, for today's meeting. And I found them to be really useful and something I think uh, members of the public would as well. So if it's okay with you, I will just um, read these comments now. Um, the first is from a community member really wanting to understand how they should go about um, asking general questions about active transportation issues um, within their neighborhood. And just wanting to, to hear from you if you'd prefer that communication go to commissioners, staff, or maybe there's someone else the public should reach out to. So um, if you could speak to that, that would be great. Absolutely, Chair. So any concerns about transportation in people's neighborhoods or, and that doesn't even have to be in your neighborhood, you can walk or bike through it, you can report to 311. We first like to have our traffic investigators look at that to see if it's something they can address. Uh, and that's, you know, their job, not my job at the city. My job is not to identify those, those or resolve those specific locations, smaller issues. Uh, so those would go to our traffic investigators. If it's a larger issue, such as um, I think we need an area-wide transportation plan for whatever it might be, that um, they can always come and share that at commission. Obviously, it's a public forum. We encourage members of the public to participate, or they can email me um, and, and let us know that way. Wonderful. Yes, a second one, Jennifer said. <laughs> Would love to have more people come to these meetings. So yes, thank you. Thank you for that, and and just um, just highlighting all the different options for folks. So three one one. If it's bigger picture things, go to Jennifer. Um, and another, another question was um, around specifically the 18th and Capitol Street road closure. Um, that has since reverted back to its original form and I'm wanting to know if there's a place where members of the public can go to learn why, why that change occurred or if there's any information um, that you can share on that. Uh, of the street reverting back to what it was prior to the pandemic. Absolutely, Chair. So if you remember a couple of months ago, and I can't remember which month it was, we had a presentation on our new outdoor dining program. Uh, and uh, uh, Stacey Hovermill and Matt Ironman came and they presented on the, the concept of what they were doing and they solicited this commission's input. Um, and so we will be as a city moving forward with a new program uh, for outdoor dining. However, my understanding is the new program will not include street closures. However, uh, we have agendized them to come present their draft recommendations to the commission next month. So we expect that Stacey and Matt will be back in June and they'll give an update on what those recommendations are and how this new program will move forward. So I encourage the public commenter to come back next month in June uh, and, and any other members of the public who are interested in that effort to, to come back and join that. And that's where they can make those comments. Wonderful, and glad to hear that the item is coming forward again. I think there's definitely a lot of people um, who really enjoyed those those uh, pop-ups when they took place. So um, thank you for that. Um, the next question is around um, intersections within the city of Sacramento and the fact that um, curbside parking often goes very close um, to the intersection itself, which makes it difficult um, for folks who are walking in, well, mostly for bikers, to, to see, you know, if there's any vehicles or, or uh, folks walking. Um, is there any kind of discussions happening within the city to 
push back how close vehicles can park to an intersection. Or that, is, that, that is outside my role at the city okay. and that will be handled by our traffic engineers. So I think there are two things. The first is if it's a specific location that they'd like evaluated, 311. We love using 311, uh, not only because it connects their people to the right people, um, but it also helps us check our performance, right? So are, are we, how many issues are we hearing about? Where are we hearing about those issues? Um, and that's why we like using 311. It's not that we, we just think apps are cool. It helps us evaluate how well we're doing. So a specific location can report if there's 311 and our traffic engineers and our traffic investigators can evaluate it. If it's a bigger picture question, we don't currently have a program to evaluate that. Uh, if the commission wants to have an evaluation on that, that is something that you can request to be added to the log under uh, other items at the end, you know, that other the agenda item at the end, um, and, and then go through our process to add items to the log and we can ask our traffic engineers to come and explain the process. Great, uh, thank you so much for that, Jennifer. I think there, I personally have a lot of interest in, in this area. So thinking about items to add to the log. Um, and then just the last thing, and appreciate you all for uh, bearing with these questions. Um, but wanting to know if there is an updated pavement resurfacing schedule or plan available for the public. Um, they mentioned that the current plan on published online seems to be from 2020. So wanting to know if there's a more recent plan um, that the public can view um, and review. Uh, Chair, so there is the 2020 um, pavement conditions report, which is not necessarily a paving plan, but it evaluates the exciting pavement quality of our streets. Um, my understanding is that our partners in streets, which is the group that oversees pavement maintenance, are wrapping up that report and ready to publish it again, so we should expect that soon. City Council did approve our upcoming repaving and maintenance schedule this past Tuesday at Council. It was on consent. Um, I participate in that committee that goes through that process. Uh, however, I'm drawing a blank on every single project that we've decided is moving forward because I'm on camera and, and on the spot. But if you want to see those, you can go back and look at the Council agenda from this past Tuesday and see that item and it outlines what we'll be doing this year. I will say one of the big things that we've pivoted on in our street maintenance is that we are trying to, as much as possible, not only do pavement maintenance for the sake of pavement maintenance, but bring in our complete streets and safety work with that and coupling those dollars together um, so that we get multiple benefits through that work. Uh, and I think for that, that's all I have on that one. Thank you, Chair. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Really appreciate you responding to, to all these questions on the spot. And yes, encourage folks to check out uh, the past Tuesday city council meeting to learn more. Great, I will check one more time for any hands from commissioners. And I am not seeing any. So um, this item was received in file, so no vote is required. Um, we will now move on to our next item. The next item, item four, is the Pocket Greenhaven Neighborhood Transportation Plan Public Draft. Is there a staff presentation? Leslie, we can't hear you. We're having technical challenges today. No worries. Oh, I see your name now where I didn't before. Okay, can you can you hear me and see me? Yes, I can. Okay. 
Great. Hello, everyone. I apologize um, for these technical difficulties today. Um, I'm in the office, obviously, because I was having some computer problems. So um, my I did lose my presentation, so we're going to do things a little differently today. Um, I'm sorry. Hello, Commission. Thanks for having me. I'm Leslie Mancebo, Transportation Planner um, in the Department of Public Works. I um, I'm here to talk to you about the Pocket Greenhaven Neighborhood Transportation Plan. Um, as Jennifer is showing now, we have a public draft out there. I'm actually going to kill my camera so I can follow along a little better. Um, so Jennifer, can you open that um, up as the actual report, like full screen? I don't see it full screen. I don't know if anyone else does. Yeah, I don't see it that way either. Um, I think it's under view, Jennifer, on the on the bar. There should be a full screen mode. I think should help. You know, I could actually. Do you want me to try to share, Jennifer? Here, let me try. If you keep scrolling down to full screen mode, it's under read mode. One more. There we go. That looks. Oh, that looked better. <laughs> One, um, there, yeah. Is that good? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, I ask that you, you bear with us here. <laughs> um, but I am here. Um, the good news is the Pocket Greenhaven Neighborhood Transportation Plan is the public draft is posted online now. Um, it was also attached to the agenda, so I hope you had a chance to look at it so that we can have a conversation today. And then I'll, I invite you to also submit um, submit comments using the online form, and we're also um, hosting a um, an in-person um, uh, uh, open house, community open house on June 2nd at the Elks Lodge in, um, in the pocket. So um, I believe all that information is in the agenda. I apologize again that it is not in my presentation today, um, but feel free to reach out to me if you have questions about this plan specifically. A little background, I think we've presented on this a couple times previously. Um, this um, community concerns about um, uh, safety and mobility in the pocket Greenhaven neighborhoods. So folks uh, want, to, want to really enjoy the beautiful parks and excellent schools that are in the pocket and um, find that they drive more than they think they should because they don't feel comfortable biking and walking throughout the neighborhood. And I will look at a map here in a moment, but if you're familiar with the pocket, it is not a grid pattern. And um, so there's uh, some challenges, right, to get people to where they need to go the quickest um, route, especially using active transportation. So Jennifer, can we go ahead and jump down to, yeah, we can just page through here. We can I will note, as we look at this acknowledgments page, that we don't have to look at the page, but um, that we passed the acknowledgment page there, that um, the city council office has been really involved in this planning process. So I have um, gratitude for Councilmember Jennings and his staff and um, how much they've championed this project and really gotten a lot of community engagement. So here, I, I'm looking at a tiny screen. I don't know if anyone else can see the... Um, the community values that we've established for uh, this planning process, these were established. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> You're a great Vanna White. Um, so the values that were established by the 
in cooperation with the neighborhood are really about slowing traffic, um, creating a more comfortable environment for people to bike and walk, um, more convenient and comfortable street crossings. We heard a lot and our existing conditions analysis showed that there's really great distances between crossings. So people um, being people will uh, just run across five lanes of roadway in some locations with very, you know, fairly quick speeds. And so uh, safe street crossings are important. And then also providing convenient and comfortable access to transit stops. We heard from a lot of people who commute outside of the pocket that they would like to do so by transit, but um, they um, don't have quick, convenient access to the transit stops in the neighborhood. So we can go ahead and move forward. Uh, so I mentioned existing conditions a bit. We don't need to get into too much detail here. I think we've gone over this in the past, but we um, we looked at the, the typical existing conditions that we would, and um, this is all in the report, as you see, um, about the, you know, the locations of crossings and uh, four-way stops and um, traffic signals and, the built environment, but then we also did quite a bit of community engagement. And I believe that is, if you keep scrolling through here, oh, crash data was really important too, obviously, as we always. So here we did a lot of community engagement. We did two, three workshops and um, virtual workshops because we did kick off this project in, I think, March of 2020, like the worst time to kick off a project like this. So we did have a lot of um, re, structuring how we would do our community engagement. So we did three virtual community workshops and then also um, had an online survey. And as you saw there in the report, there's um, sort of hot spots where we saw heard from a lot of the community about what, um, what their needs are and where those are located. So now we can get into the fun stuff. Uh, which is the improvements toolbox. So this section actually, Jennifer, this, um, can you highlight this table here? Great, 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 great. I think this table is a great example of how we um, took strategies, proven strategies for traffic calming and um, pedestrian bicycle safety and transit access, all of this works together. And I think this um, graphic does a good job presenting how we tied a specific strategy to a specific objective of the plan. So you see the objectives here of speed reduction, walking, biking, safety, crosswalk improvements, and transit access. I think this is great to show the community and, um, and you know, everyone, all of us, <laughs> to show us um, exactly why we're choosing the tools that we're choosing and how they tie to the objectives. But also what I really like about this chart is it shows how these are all interconnected how something that you know, slows traffic is also um, oftentimes great for uh, biking, walking, um, crossing, and transit access. So um, we can move on from here to get into the neighborhood-wide improvements, Jennifer, because there's a lot of description about the strategies in this plan, and I think this will be a great tool for the community moving forward to, to learn about these strategies. Well, I'll take a note on this page, actually that um, in addition to things that the Department of Public Work does in the uh, built environment, those are recommendations that are in this plan, but we also heard a lot um, from the community about programs that we don't currently have the, the capacity to run, but we wanted to include in here to help uh, inspire 
community members and community groups and specific schools and even the council office in some cases about these kinds of programs that they can champion and um, potentially do grassroots type um, programs. Like, um, for example, a school could do a their own bike or walk to school day. Um, so I thought this was really interesting and shows sort of the sense of community in the pocket. So now I think this is the most, I think this is the most interesting chapter of the document that goes over, um, sort of looks holistically at the entire neighborhood and about these um, tools that we're using to help meet our objectives. So on this page here, you see uh, a map showing the, um, in orange are the proposed new, um, actually, yeah, okay, all, all things orange are proposed new signals, always stops and roundabouts. And so we'll reference, I reference back to this a lot as we're looking at the specific corridor improvements. So I think this is a good map to remember. Uh, you will see that there are two corridors here where we are recommending a series of roundabouts. Um, these are, I think our consultant team calls these mini roundabouts, right, Jennifer? Um, because they're on um, neighborhood streets. But we chose these locations based on our, um, not only our analysis of existing conditions, but also the, what we heard from community members about the destinations that they're trying to access and where they're really concerned about um, speeding vehicles. So go to the next map. Oh, well, this page just shows, we all, we all know this. So we move to the next map here, shows speed feedback signs and speed lumps. Uh, we don't always hear from community members about uh, love for speed feedback signs or speed lumps, but we really did in this project. And so we identified locations where we um, think these would be most effective. And so that's this map shown here, the little, um, the little yellow triangles are the um, speed feedback signs, just to orient you. Go ahead and to the next map. Is it scrolling? Okay, great. So this one, this map is a lot of detail. Um, so I, I recommend taking a look on your own at this map that shows new marked crosswalks and uh, improvements to existing crosswalks. Um, there's a lot going on here. We based all of these recommendations on our pedestrian crossing guidelines. So you'll see things in here like pedestrian signals and RRFBs, but um, each location was actually looked at closely. And even where the existing crosswalks are, we looked at ways that we could improve those. So go ahead to the next map. Um, Walking improvements here, there's some sidewalk gaps. Um, we did also look at some um, um, some curb ramps where that were missing, especially around Seymour Park up there in the northeast portion of the map. Um, we also uh, included the shared use paths here and access to those paths. Um, we know that the pocket, the, the community, the people of the pocket and Greenhaven love, love those um, canal paths. So again, the next map is biking facility improvements. So we did identify, um, so the existing is solid and the proposed is dotted lines. So you'll see the different bikeway types here. Um, we, we found a lot of, uh, 
we found that a lot of the roads in the pocket and Greenhaven are overbuilt. They're very wide. So we were able to find a lot of locations for new buffered bike lanes. Um, I should say right now, um, the elephant in the room is uh, road diets uh, are not included in this plan. We had, we presented those to the community early in workshops and they had concerns about road diets and the impact they would have on potential evacuations, um, being behind a levee as this neighborhood is. Uh, I think they have a lot of concerns about the event of a flood and evacuations being impacted by a road diet. And so, um, so we did not include, um, we weren't able to include any like parking protected bikeways because we didn't have the width for that. But we are including a lot of buffered bike lanes because even keeping the existing um, number of lanes, we could find the, um, the width to add those buffers in a lot of locations. And Jennifer, please feel free to jump in. You were in a lot of these meetings. And so you, you, you may have- Thank you, Leslie. I am good. I'm having a hard time unmuting myself while I'm screen sharing. So you oh, okay. can jump in if needed. Thank you. Okay, great. great. So during our q and uh, I'll rely on you to add some you know, narrative. Okay, so here um, we also took a look at the um, bike parking that exists in the pocket. I was surprised to find because I think of this community as um, one that uh, a lot of folks use those trails, they, a lot of people on bikes out there. We found a lot of opportunities to add um, bike park parking or improve existing bike parking. We found a lot of substandard bike parking out there. Okay, and bus stop improvements. This plan, I was really happy. We always work with RT on all of our planning efforts, but they were really interested in working with us on this, uh, this plan. They had a lot of ideas about new bus stops and um, improvements to existing bus stops. And so I was really happy that we could take a deep dive with them and talk about transit. So um, especially at, so if you see here, sort of uh, at Rush River and Windbridge, which is sort of in the middle of the uh, lower middle. Yeah, perfect. Um, there's a big shopping center there and that's really the, that's the pocket Greenhaven transit hub. And we were able to look uh, in detail at that transit facility with RT and include um, some improvements in this plan. Okay, all right. So this is where it's gonna be hard to do this Jennifer screen sharing situation. So I'm gonna give a very broad overview of this section. And then again, I invite you to take a look at the plan if you haven't already. And if you have already looked at the plan, I'm happy to jump in to any of these specific areas um, for Q&A. But I will say that we, we we looked at 10 focus areas throughout the neighborhood. We call them areas because we didn't want to just focus on corridors. So you will see two areas around schools. Um, so where, so it's not every school in the neighborhood. Many schools already had recent improvements. Others are located on these other corridors that we're already looking at. And um, so those, we, we didn't, focus on every school just because there was a school. We focused on these two schools in particular because this is where we heard a lot from the community that there's need for improvements. And um, we saw that there are opportunities around these schools as well. So it's a big list as you see. Um, other factors that we used to choose these 10 corridors were, um, we used crash data and we looked at the high injury network. 
We also relied heavily on community feedback, but we also looked at des destinations, key destinations, um, like schools, but also the shopping centers. And there are a lot of um, uh, care facilities for older adults in this neighborhood. And so we also took a look at those corridors because we heard from um, them that they were concerned about safety and mobility. Uh, most of them don't drive, but many can walk and they are unable to walk to um, to grocery stores and other services that are very close to where they live. So I, Jennifer, I don't know how much detail we can get into for each corridor. How do you want to do this in our sort of- I think it might be challenging in this format, but maybe we can see if commissioners have reviewed or if they have questions. Okay, great. Thank you. Again, my sincere apologies um, for the clunky presentation this evening. Um, I know it's not ideal, but um, I think we can stop sharing and open it up for questions. And I will try to turn my camera back on as well. Chair, do you want to lift the plan up or would you like me to stop sharing? Um, I think, I do kind of think this image of, of the different sections that you all are looking at improvements of is helpful. Um, but I'm Great. Gonna... this way we can toggle back and forth too, because I think yeah. we'll probably reference those, those uh, neighborhood wide improvements in this conversation. Yeah, I, I do find it to be helpful. So yeah, if you want to, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, well, thank you so much, Leslie, for your presentation. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do have one speaker with their hand raised. The first speaker is Connor Finney. Hello, can you hear me? We can. Great. Um, yeah, I just, uh, uh, again, my name is Connor Finney. Uh, I'm actually a volunteer with uh, House Sacramento. Uh, just calling in, uh, wanted to start off just by, you know, thanking staff for all their work on this. Um, you know, pedestrian improvements, I just think, uh, are, you know, so, so important, especially here in Sacramento. There just seems like, uh, you know, needed really in all neighborhoods. So, you know, speaking in support here, uh, you know, with the hope that eventually uh, it'll be, uh, you know, we'll see improvements uh, in my neighborhood and in, in Boulevard Park. Um, just some, you know, I think just general comments after, you know, watching this presentation is, uh, one, I think, you know, land use changes, uh, might, you know, should probably be a consideration, uh, for this neighborhood, especially, you know, in the context of, uh, you know, public transit access. Um, you know, if we are trying to, you know, uh, lower VMT, if we're trying to give more people, uh, you know, access to, you know, bus stops and high frequent, high frequency buses, um, you know, just having scattered bus stops uh, in low density neighborhoods, probably not the, uh, you know, most ideal uh, strategy there. Um, second, um, I, I would definitely want to encourage uh, you know, staff maybe to, uh, I don't know, pitch or do more research or analysis or, uh, you know, community engagement uh, around road diets, perhaps not on every street, but on more streets. Um, you know, I ride my bike really frequently, um, you know, both, uh, you know, in this neighborhood and other neighborhoods around Sacramento. And, uh, you know, it is quite dangerous with, uh, you know, the number of lanes, um, even with some buffer 
um, you know, I you still get buzzed. Um, you know, it's still uh, you know quite a hazard for cyclists and pedestrians. So I think I would definitely you know want to uh, you know encourage uh, more work on that specifically. And uh, in the event that is you know not an option, I think I would also just want to say that if we are doing buffered bike lanes, um, you know, really I, I think. Uh, really need some investment in some, you know, actual protected bollards to protect the cycling lane. Um, if it's just, you know, kind of plastic, um, you know, uh, barriers between, uh, you know, speeding cars and the bike lane, that's hardly any protection at all. Um, you know, quite frankly, I, I, I don't even know if that's, uh, you know, even worth spending any money on at, at, at that point. Um, you know, I have uh, almost been hit in, you know, uh, bike lanes before where a car just drove right over, um, you know, protected, uh, or it, the bollards, uh, this wasn't in Sacramento, this is in Los Angeles, but still, uh, you know, the same thing applies. Um, and yeah, I think that's all of my comments. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Brian Henry. Uh, hello. Uh, I also have a comment on the uh, buffered bike lanes. Um, I find around Sacramento that uh, bike lanes tend to be fixed width and they tend to hold the curb uh, as the road widens and narrows. And I think when you say there's opportunity to have buffered bike lanes, it kind of sounds like you're going to continue to have fixed width bike lanes. Um, I think really there should be fixed width car lanes and often where this opportunity for a buffer, uh, I think it'd be better for a wider bike lane, flexible width bike lane. Uh, you know, often I'm going down the road at 15, 20 miles an hour and the bike lane, you know, it, it, it just, it's not realistic, the uh, chicane that the, uh, bike lane path follows. So, um, yeah, I just like to keep that in consideration when you're designing those. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Chair, I have no additional speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. Uh, and thank you to the callers for um, providing your comments this evening. Really appreciate that. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? And I see a hand from Commissioner Ward Waller and then another hand from Commissioner um, Carpenter. So go ahead. <clears throat> thank you, Chair. And Leslie, thank you so much for the work on this. Um, it's exciting to see it again and, and see how much more has gone into it. I did want to probe a little bit more on the discussion about road diets. And, and I recall that we talked about this last time too. So um, I, I, I believe I heard you say that the reason that road diets are not included as a potential strategy in this plan has to do with concerns around evacuation. Did I get that right? And has there actually been any study done in terms of like what capacity would be needed for evacuation and would that be able to be accommodated even with a lane reduction? <clears throat> um, yes. So uh, Jennifer, do you actually want, could you please help me uh, with this one? Uh, because you were involved with all of our road diet conversations and discussions for this project. 
Absolutely, Leslie. I'm happy to take this one. Um, so, uh, Commissioner Wardwaller, when we did the traffic analysis, uh, the ADT or the average daily traffic along this corridor ranges anywhere between uh, 7,000. Up at the higher end, I'm going to think I'm from wrong, Leslie, correct me, maybe uh, 10 to 14,000, which is within our normal uh, acceptance level to go from a five lane roadway, which it currently is, to a three. Three being the center turn lane and a lane in either direction. When we took this concept to the public, the public raised and elevated significant concerns around um, access and evacuation should there be uh, a major event like a flood. Uh, we talked with our Office of Emergency Management. That might not be the actual term. That's what I think of them as. Um, and um, the concern was, was that in an event like that, they would need the, the full roadway width for that evacuation. There would be advance notice, uh, but the, the full breath. We, we talked about possibilities of designs that would allow a facility that was for biking to be used as a vehicle lane in, in terms of evacuation. However, we received so much, um, there was not, there was strong support against the bike, the road diet, um, that in conversations with uh, city leadership, it was decided that we would not propose and move forward with that, that road, road diet. So to answer your question, was a study done? A study was not done. However, uh, we did talk with our Office of Emergency Services Management, I'm forgetting their official office, um, and they said they, need, they would need the, the, the roadway capacity um, in an event. Got it. <laughs> okay, well, it's unfortunate. I, I, um, I think, you know, knowing some of these streets, especially like the, the kind of, the one that goes around the outside of the pocket where, you know, there's really not that many houses out on the, the edge there um, and and the ADT is really low. That seems pretty ripe. It, there's also parks and a lot of people trying to access the levee and the trail. So um, the crossings, you know, having four lanes, high speed. Um, I've just, uh, I've, I've been witness to, you know, those that that is a hazardous street to cross. So it seems, um, you know, uh, some analysis to, to kind of unpack that question of whether we really need um, that many lanes on that street when there are other routes that could be used for evacuation. Um, there may be an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper um, and, and, you know, designate the routes for evacuation and the ones that could be done, you know, uh, be useful to us year round as more complete streets, so. Um, I guess that's my that's my personal hang up, <laughs> but understand that the community pushed back on that. Um, and I yeah, I don't know if I have any other questions other than just to say, you know, pleased to see all of the other safety countermeasures, uh, intersection improvements, crosswalk improvements, speed speed reduction measures. Um, I think there's a lot of of uh, good work that's gone into identifying where lots of safety improvements can be made. So. Great work, uh, Jennifer and Leslie. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter. Thanks. Um, and yeah, Leslie, thank you so much for the presentation. Um, I, I'm really glad to just see that, you know, this important safety work um, is continuing. My comment is, um, you know, somewhat related to road diets, but generally on safety countermeasures more in general. So. 
Um, I, I, I think, I guess I'm, I'm curious if the data sort of was presented to the community on, you know, the crash reduction that you get from these various treatments. So I heard you say that, you know, the community was supportive of speed feedback signs. Um, and the, the studies that we have show that there's like minimal reduction, I want to say on the order of like five or 7% um, when you in, implement a, a speed feedback sign. Um, in comparison to a road diet, we know the studies show that, you know, de depending on the scenario, um, you know, the context that road diets, you know, studies indicate like a 20 to 50% reduction in um, crashes. And, you know, in just just to further like rumble strips are more like, you know, high 60s, the center line rumble strips in urban areas. So I think my question is more, you know, I think the, uh, I'm, I'm curious if that sort of data is presented to the community when you go out to do these sort of, um, you know, the uh, information collecting and, and workshops, because I think that's a key factor. Um, you know, you don't want to get too wonky and technical, but at the same time, like some treatments, speed feedback signs are, 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 you know, fairly ineffective. And so I think it's important for the community to know that sort of thing. You know, they get a lot better uh, reduction with, with certain countermeasures than others. And then my last point is sort of in, in tied to that is, you know, I hear the concern about evacuation and road diets often. I know in, you know, in paradise, that was an issue. Um, but I, you know, I think what I'd, um, what I'd ask if that sort of thing comes up is that, you know, the, the likelihood and the severity um, be, be examined, you know, of a, you know, of a flood or you know, the need to evacuate versus the everyday need for, for the traveling public. So, uh, I guess, can you speak at all to sort of the data that was presented to the community on reduction from these various countermeasures? Absolutely. I um, the, the toolkit that was earlier in this document, I believe it even touches on, uh, like explains what a crash reduction factor is, and it references different research uh, about each uh, each strategy. Um, if not in this document, it's in our Vision Zero Top 5 Corridors plan. And we use that information, again, as you mentioned, without getting too wonky about it. Um, we absolutely use that information um, to present to the public. But we also know and we explain to them that not every strategy works in every location in the same way. And so um, with the speed feedback signs in general in this neighborhood, we located them um, strategically so that they were sort of at the entrances to the neighborhood as a like uh, uh, a reminder, uh, the perception is that a lot of folks who don't live in the neighborhood are those that are speeding. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I have my thoughts about that. But um, we, we did locate them strategically with the idea that this is a pretty insulated neighborhood and that they may work differently here than nationally. Um, but absolutely, we um, present this information to the community and explain exactly which strategy is most effective to meet which objective. Huh, that's fascinating um, to hear then that there's still like such resistance for road diets. Um, thanks, I, I'm sure that you've chosen the right countermeasures for the context. My, my question is not at all about, you know, questioning that sort of thing. It's, it's more just, 
sort of, um, you know, trying to figure out as a commission and as a city how we can, you know, get, get acceptance for these, you know, proven safety countermeasures. Absolutely. I agree. It makes our job difficult. <laughs> That, that's my only comment. <laughs> Thank it you. Great, yeah, <laughs> it was a great comment. I, I had something very similar, so I appreciate you bringing that forward, Commissioner Carpenter. Is there any additional commissioner comments? Okay, seeing none, um, I will ask a quick question. Um, I think I was kind of curious if you could speak to um, why within the plan different sections of the neighborhood are broken up a little bit more and apologies if this is discussed um, with the full plan itself but kind of wondering if that was done intentionally because that's maybe how staff foresees you know applying for funding for those projects but yeah i was wondering if you could kind of touch touch on that piece Great question, Chair. I did not get into that. I skipped over that a little bit. I <laughs> why we chose these 10 areas, but not why we've chose areas at all. And the reason is uh, it's an opportunity for us to get into greater detail of design. These are still concept level plans, but we were able to get uh, get in there and actually draw out some curb ramps and, um, you know, uh, specific uh, like raised crosswalk in front of a school and these really specific items that need a little more a little more design in order to get funding right like we know uh, uh, approximately how much an RRFP is going to be on a specific type of roadway but there are some other items that a greater detail helps us um pursue funding. And we also thought that this was a way that funding could be pursued in the future um, strategically uh, without you know, funding the entire plan all at once, which we know is um, probably unlikely. This will probably be funded in pieces. So we wanted to set this up so that we could have sort of breakout uh, cost estimates for each area that sort of paints a picture of, um, you know, a single, Improvement will do, you know, like a single spot improvement will will cost this much, but you could do the whole segment for a certain price tag as well. So it's really about funding and implementation. Great, thank you for that. I was thinking that might be the case, but just wanted to, to double check. Um, I guess with your conversations with the community, was there specific segments that you heard from them they're hoping to see prioritized over others? Or um, what is kind of the, the yeah, I guess that's my question. Yeah. Was there certain segments out of this 10 that um, kind of rose to the top of the list? We don't have any kind of ranking. Um, oh. We all know that as this is a sort of implementation and funding tool, um, you know, different funding is appropriate for different locations. Um, so we, do, we don't want to rank these, but I'm certain at our workshop uh, on June 2nd, we will probably hear from people about what their priorities are, but I do not expect to include anything in this plan that ranks these areas. Chair Dewar Westbrook, if I may add, these are all being included in the transportation priorities plan. So they will be evaluated and ranked citywide. Uh, into buckets, though, we don't rank them, not one through 700, but high priority, midterm priority, and long term. Mm -hmm. And then you'll match up um, with the appropriate funding sources. Funding sources become available. Wonderful. Thank you for that, Jennifer. Yeah, I was going to ask um, about that next. Um, another question I had was around um, crash hotspots identified. 
um, within this neighborhood. I can't recall what page it was on, um, but I was seeing uh, some pretty bright red um, near the off-ramp on Riverside, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, right there. I think that map showed it. Um, yeah, so it's, it is looking, uh, at least from what I'm seeing, that there, those areas are, are darker than other locations, except for maybe that one on Florin um, and Greenhaven. But just wondering um, what coordination city staff is having right now um, with Caltrans District 3 around this location, and maybe if there's any Im improvements uh, that you are looking at to address um, maybe sooner rather than later. Um, in this specific location. I hate to keep passing the buck here, but I think Jennifer's <laughs> more well suited to answer this one than me. <laughs> no worries, just thought I would point it out since, yeah, it seems to be a problem area in this community. Or, well, the specific Caltrans question, I'll allow Jennifer to answer, but we did, um, we did use this data in um, those, uh, the, 10, um, the 10 focus areas. This was a consideration that we definitely used to um, hone in on some of these. Jennifer, did you want to answer the, the Caltrans question? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was having trouble unmuting. Um, we are not tech savvy today. We are at, we're the opposite of tech savvy today. You're fine. Um, so we are always in communications with Caltrans District 3 offices. Um, if they are moving forward with making improvements to their ramps, uh, we're more than happy to collaborate with them on that. Um, I, I don't know if this is, we have a, a list of uh, interchanges that are required for the city to improve, but I think it's mostly from development and mostly in, in the north of the river. I don't think that we have any obligation here and that this would fall under Caltrans District 3 for, for improvements there. But we are um, always in communication with D3 uh, and looking for ways to partner up and make improvements. I'll add also that we are participating in the D3 Caltrans Active Transportation Plan. Um, so we have been involved in that and we include, um, we, we have included all of these crossings in that plan. Wonderful. Uh, that's great to hear, Leslie. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've traveled this um, specific section before and repeatedly noticed issues um, as folks are trying to cross the street with that conflicting with that uh, off ramp right there. So glad to see that um, you all are taking uh, this issue seriously and have elevated in the in the cap plans. So thank you for that. Um, I have another question, but I've talked enough. So I'm going to pass it to uh, Vice Chair Pollins. Chair uh, Westbrook, and thank you, Leslie, for a great presentation. And I didn't feel that there was any technical challenges at all. So there's that. Um, my question is, is this document uh, available somewhere? Um, I tried looking on my uh, various uh, tabs, but I didn't see it. Is that part of the overall item four uh, download, which was 119 pages? <laughs> Great question. Um, planpocketgreenhaven.com. Is it .com or .org? I don't have it. it. Jennifer, do you have it up? The entire plan is posted on the project website, Planpocketgreenhaven.com. 
I believe.com will confirm. And um, the whole plan is there, but there's also a link to look at the plan uh, uh, by chapter because it is uh, really big. And so uh, it can be reviewed there. There's also a comment form there. And so we are accepting comments uh, from the community at large. And so we do invite you to comment there if you want to take a look at the plan and make specific comments outside of this forum. And also to share that with folks that you know who, who use the uh, you know, Pocket Greenhaven. And I had an, oh, there, there's also a link to our um, upcoming workshop there at that website as well. And now I'll, I'll take a moment and confirm. Oh, go ahead. It is planpocketgreenhaven.org. Vice Chair, you were muted. We couldn't hear you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I got a uh, um, site not found error, so uh, .org is working. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Vice Chair Collins. Is there any additional questions from commissioners on this item? Well, thank you again, Leslie, so much. Really appreciate this presentation and look forward to hearing more um, about this plan as we move along and uh, participating in some of your community outreach coming up. Great, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Also, uh, just a note that this is just a discussion item today and we'll be back probably in the fall this year with our final plan when before we take it to council. So uh, you will see this again, hopefully with uh, minimal changes based on our uh, engagement coming up. Wonderful. Thanks so much. And as Leslie just said, uh, this item is review and comment. So no vote is required. We'll now move on to the next item. Uh, the next item is commissioner comments, ideas and questions. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak? And I see a hand from um, Commissioner Wardwaller. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Um, I have a question and maybe something to, um, you know, that we can agendize for a future meeting. Um, Jennifer, we had, you know, many months ago, I don't know how many discussion about um, guidance or policy on construction detours for people walking and biking. And I would love to, uh, yeah, see if that is still something that's in the works. And if there's, if you have a sense of when we might get a chance to review and comment on it. Commissioner Wardwaller, it is still on my team's list of things to get to. It is probably, I would say 70% done. Uh, we just don't have the staff right now. We have four vacancies on my team. It's me and Leslie right now and 52 projects. Um, and so it's just a little bit much for us to handle. It is there and it's in a good place, but we just don't have capacity at this moment. We hope to fill those vacant positions. And it is one of our priority efforts to kick back up and start again. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, are you having good luck hiring people? <laughs> I can't say, but uh, we're, we're looking forward to filling those positions. Thank you, Jennifer, for that response. Um, 
I, I had kind of a question on that same line about the policy. Um, even though, you know, a new detour policy isn't in place, is there an opportunity for um, current staff who is going out and reviewing uh, the, the construction detours in place to, to make sure that they are done, you know, correct to current standards and guidance? Um, I've you know, obviously travel around Midtown and the Central City quite often by bike, and it has been kind of a disaster um, lately getting around um, and not very pleasant uh, to be biking in the Central City. So kind of wondering, um, yeah, maybe a, a reminder to staff that is responsible for reviewing these detours um, can just, you know, maybe do a little bit more <laughs> until the full policy is, is set in place. Um, because I, I do think if you're trying to get more people on their bikes and then they're, you know, these constant roadblocks and, and detours put in their place, um, especially with additional construction happening on the American River Trail this summer and, and other big projects, just want to make sure that we're not um, making it harder for folks. Chair Andrew uh, Westbrook, our current policy does not require the accommodation of those biking through detours. So without that policy, our staff can only we don't have the ability to leverage that uh, until we have that policy. Um, and so, which is one of the reasons why it is a priority effort. We've heard loud and clear from you as a commissioner um, and, and uh, members of the public as well to, to, to work to address that. Um, and so they are following our, well, we have a policy in place for accommodation um, for how we manage these things. This is not in our current policy. We are, we do ask though, we do, encourage our um, construction management crews to ensure accommodation for those walking and biking when they can. But if you see something that is problematic or if you see something that is um, you feel is unsafe, please let us know. Um, and, and we can connect you with the folks that manage those efforts. Great, thank you. Thank you for that, Jennifer. So just a reminder again for all of us, 311, even if you do it multiple times in one trip, um, I think that information is, is really needed right now. Um, I see a hand from Vice Chair Pollins. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chair Dora Westbrook. Just a personal note, uh, um, we all know that the intersection of, inter of exercise and mental health is very important. And the organization that I work for, full disclosure, is Mental Health America of California. And we are holding our annual Mental Health Matters Day uh, event on uh, next Wednesday, May 25th, on the Capitol grounds on the east side. And if you'd like more information about the event, you can uh, browse to mentalhealthmattersday.org. Uh, hopefully we'll see some of you out there and um, look me up. I'll be the crazy guy running around. Crazy probably isn't the right word for mental health. I'll be the guy running around uh, like. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Vice Chair Collins. Okay, I see a hand from Commissioner Smith. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I just wanted to alert my fellow 
commissioners to an event that's happening in District 2 this weekend on Sunday. Um, Sacklavia is happening, and uh, it's happening on Del Paso Boulevard. Uh, it starts at 10 a.m., goes until, I think, about 2 is what they said, but um, maybe not. Um, if it doesn't, <laughs> stick around. Uh, there's some great restaurants, and, and, and there's actually a rooftop on Del, Del Paso Boulevard that's worth checking out. So I encourage my fellow commissioners and anyone from the public who wants to come uh, and and experience the marvels of District 2. Come on up. We'd love to see you. Um, there's also some great street art, and uh, one of the local organizations will be doing tours of the street art on the boulevard. Uh, we'd absolutely love to see you. Um, that's all I got. But uh, So thank you to the good people at Saba, uh, the Del Paso Partnership, and, of course, uh, Councilman Lowey's office for, for putting this together. That's all I got. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Commissioner Smith. I'm so glad that you showed that update because I was going to share it if, <laughs> if I didn't see your hand. So yeah, really looking forward to the event this Sunday. I just pulled up the post from Saba and I think it, the event is actually going to be from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. So even more time uh, for community to get out there on your bikes from Del Paso Boulevard. Um, I'll be personally joining. I think I'm going to take light rail um, out to the ride and spend some time looking at great murals. So we'd love to see uh, you all there. Okay, I think we're just about done. But before that, I lost my spot. Just one second, everyone. Hold with me. Okay, uh, the last item is public comment. Matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I do have one speaker with their hand raised. The first speaker is Connor Finney. Hello. <clears throat> um, I don't want to take up uh, you know too much of our time, but just um, you know hoping to. Uh, bring some attention to a few things and, you know, maybe ask some questions. Um, first off, uh, there is one specific block that uh, I was, you know, I couldn't find anything online. So if, I don't know, if someone knows who to talk to, please let me know. Um, but the pedestrianized street uh, between the blocks of, I believe it's 18 and 19, 18th and 19th uh, on Capitol um, was pedestrianized. Uh, is now open to cars. Uh, not really sure what the uh, what happened there, but you know, was was wondering if it was coming back and you know what advocates could do to help bring it back. Uh, just to meet climate goals, getting cars off the road is just so important. So, you know, it was disheartening to uh, you know see us you know kind of uh, you know move backwards there. Uh, the other thing I was hoping to uh, bring attention to uh, is specifically how hazardous uh, J Street is for the vast majority uh, of its length. Um, you know, I, I, I'm aware that there are plans when the funding comes through to complete uh, that protected bike lane uh, through the rest of J Street. Um, I, you know, as, as great as that would be, uh, I think uh, it's a little insufficient. Um, you know, I, I think you know, cars just do not stop at crosswalks um, at all, um, really, for the entire time, unless there is, you know, a, a literal light that stops them. Um, uh, even, you know, uh, on the corner of, it's I think it's J and 17th, 
uh, you know, there is a flashing light that you can press uh, that, you know, will alert drivers that someone is trying to, you know, cross the uh, crosswalk and uh, cars just do not stop, uh, you know, on, on there at all. Um, in fact, I believe it was two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, um, there was a woman in a wheelchair uh, who was trying, attempting to cross the street. She had pressed the light button, uh, but drivers just were not paying attention. Uh, I think, you know, maybe the lights are harder to see during the day, but at any rate, um, you know, drivers see J Street as just uh, an extension of the highway. So I think any additional plans should try to integrate more pedestrian safety stuff, maybe like speed bumps or maybe, uh, you know, raised crosswalks. Uh, really anything that we can do to, you know, make those crosswalks uh, harder just to, you know, speed right over, I think would be, uh, you know, really, uh, really helpful. Um, you know, I, I have only lived in Sacramento for about a year now, but uh, I have come on the scene of uh, two different pedestrians uh, that were hit by cars on, on, uh, on uh, J Street since I moved here. So I think that should be a high priority. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no additional speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. And uh, thank you to the member of the public for providing those comments. I think it's really important um, for all of us to hear what you have to say. Um, just wanted to respond to a few of the comments made. Uh, the first being that um, Jennifer actually provided an update to um, us earlier in the meeting on 18th and Capitol. And we'll be having parking staff um, come and talk to us a little bit more about the city's plans for um, future projects, um, similar to what we was um, done on 18th and Capitol, um, like parklet types improvements that. Um, so we'll be talking about that at our next meeting. Um, so I encourage you to participate in that. Um, the second being your second comment on uh, J Street and the need for more separated bikeways within the city. Um, at our last meeting, we actually had a really great um, presentation from Jennifer um, around the projects that they'll be submitting for the next cycle of ATP cycle six. One of them, um, if I remember correctly, will be looking at um, additional separated bikeways um, that can be built within um, Midtown downtown area. So I think the city is actively pursuing these types of solutions um, and hopefully, um, they will be successful in receiving funds in this next ATP cycle. Um, that being said, we still have a lot of work to do um, to slow down vehicles. So appreciate you coming and, and sharing those concerns uh, with all of us tonight. And would just again, encourage um, everyone uh, joining us tonight to report these specific locations on 311. Okay, um, this concludes today's agenda. It was relatively quick, so I um, hope you all still have um, some time left to enjoy the evening. Um, just want to encourage you throughout the month to continue to get outdoors and get on your bike. Uh, maybe start a little bit earlier when it's not so hot, uh, but to continue celebrating May as Bike Month. We have an incredible amount of events happening in our region this month that you can uh, view by going to mayasbikemonth.com. So if you haven't done that already, make sure to check out that website or uh, follow um, Sacramento Area Bicycle Advocates. They're upload, um, uplifting a lot of the great events being organized uh, across the region. So thank you all again for joining and I hope you have a good evening. The meeting is adjourned.